Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. Today's episode is an interview with Brody Malone. Brody is an Olympic gymnast, and he actually was on the Olympic team in Japan in 2021. It's an amazing story to hear the sacrifice, the dedication, and the mindset that it took for him to come from a place, little town here in northwest Georgia, all the way to performing at the top level as a gymnast. Here he is. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Brody. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. And uh, since I have decided to venture into the gymnast world. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, the latest YouTube video on the 307 Project YouTube, but um, I am getting into gymnastics. <laughs> so I figured I would have uh, a gymnast. Uh, well, I actually have the, the opportunity to have one of the best gymnasts in the world on the podcast today. And um, I'm just so freaking honored to have you here, man. For you to make the time to come out here and to do this show and share with us uh, parts of your journey and um, all the the awesome places you've been, and I just can't wait to hear it. This is Brody Malone. Most of you guys probably have heard, if you listened a long time ago, Brody's dad, J.D. Malone, yep. has been on the podcast. Man, that's been a long time ago, hadn't it, Blake? Yeah, it's been quite a while. That was probably, gosh, that had to have been like the first maybe 10 or 15. Or yeah, yeah, it was, was early cool. on. He was high on our list of people yeah. we wanted to interview. Yeah. And um, Brody, what's up, brother? Oh, not much. Thank you all so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I'm excited for this. No, man. It's the pleasure's ours. And how many podcasts have you done? <laughs> Uh, let's not too many. I've done probably two or three. Um, what other shows have you been on? I, I, uh, were they like gymnastics based shows or like, what so, would you guys talk about? Yeah. So, um, the only one I can really remember was, uh, it's called power monkey podcast. I believe, um, it's actually, he's a old gymnast. He does, he's into CrossFit now. Okay. Um, and he was actually coached by my coach. Uh, he went to Stanford. Um, so he invited uh, me and my coach to come on to a podcast after the Olympics and just kind of talk about the whole experience. And, yeah. Awesome, dude. Yeah, it was fun. So you went, to, you went to school at Stanford? Yes, sir. I think that's where uh, my buddy, um, Dr. Huberman. Have you ever heard of Huberman Labs? I'm pretty so. sure he's at Stanford. He's got a, he's got an awesome show. Man, where's where is that college at? Uh, it's in Palo Alto. What yeah. the world? Yeah. What state is that? <laughs> California. <laughs> Long ways from here. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. Yeah. How old are you, Brody? I'm 22. Wow, man. 22. Yeah. Yes, sir. Dude, I want to start I, I just I just want to understand um and kind of know your story better. So I want to go all the way back to when you were a kid because I've heard stories about you when you were a kid, oh, believe really? it or not. Oh, no. Blake tells <laughs> stories about you all the time when you were oh, a kid. No. Yeah. J what do you remember about Brody, Blake? Well, so JD, 
Brody's dad was my high school teacher for FFA and agriculture, welding, construction, all that stuff. And so Brody, I, I don't, I don't know why you would come in there, but you would be in there pretty regularly, yeah. like at the end of the day and stuff. And uh, I remember you like walking around on your hands out there, like <laughs> just, just like I would walk on my feet, and I would think. Gosh, I mean, I don't know how old you were then, like maybe 10 or maybe something, something eight or 10. And here he is walking around on his hands and JD would always be showing pictures and he's like this chiseled, ripped. Like if you, if you put an adult head on his body, you'd be like, man, that joker is ripped, (laughs) but he was just a kid. And, uh, yeah, I just, that's, that's the, that's what I remember of you as a kid. And then, you know, to, to see where you've went is, is really cool that you've stuck with it and, the videos that you're doing, the uh, handstands on horsebacks and oh yeah, that's old all, school, all kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> so what um, what did you en- what did you enjoy doing at- when you were young? Uh, yeah, so I kind of, I guess how I got into gymnastics. Um, I started when I was three, and I guess it's like the typical gymnast story. I mean, you're you got a kid bouncing off the walls, doing flips everywhere on the couch and all that, and uh, my mom and dad decided to put me in gymnastics, I guess, to kind of get rid of the energy. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And wow. Then, yeah, I kind of stuck with it after that, yeah. Pull that mic up a little closer, oh, sorry. bro. I want these people to really be able to hear you. <laughs> this is this is special. So, it essentially by accident? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. You did some... Did you do rodeoing? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Grew up rodeoing, yes, sir. Um, uh, grew up junior rodeoing. i forget when i actually went to my first rodeo it was probably like uh seven or eight um but yeah i mean my whole family i mean my dad rodeoed in college my mom rode um equestrian uh, so that's kind of how they met and then i mean i'm sure he talked about that on the podcast he was on however long ago that was yeah um but yeah i mean kind of grew up around horses my whole life learned how to rope me and my brother I grew up team roping together, and it's just been kind of a family thing that we've done forever. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point did you – do you remember where you were – where you were like, okay, I'm pretty good at this gymnastic stuff? <laughs> uh, Oh, Lord, I don't know. Um, It's just kind of something I always wanted to do and just try to, like, challenge myself to be better at – Um. When did that start, though? Because, like, like you said, at the, in the beginning, it was like, you know, mm-hmm. your mom and dad put you in put you in a class to kind of give you something, an outlet for your energy. Yeah. So, like, at that, was it like right off the bat where you where you do you remember like being in enjoying it and being connected with it? Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, I've always loved it. Um. I'd say the there's a point. I think I was. 11 or 12 when I changed gyms um, I went to a gym up in uh, Paulding County um, and they ended up uh, doing away with their boys program so I had to change gyms so then I went to the gym in Cartersville and that was kind of the point where I started getting better and better mm-hmm. um, pretty quick and I started enjoying it a lot more and I was like dang this is kind of what I want to do this is at 10 or 11 years old yeah Wow, man. Yeah. Um, now, when you were that young, mm-hmm. obviously you're you're in a, a class with 
other people in the same age group. Is that how that kind of works? So, uh, yeah. Well, so that age, I was. I mean, you move up in levels. You've got um, level four is the the smallest level, and then you just kind of move up. But for the most part, people in your level are your age, around your yeah. age group. Yes, okay. Sir. So, what do you think? I mean, just right off the bat, at a young age, what was it that kind of separated you from other people in your age group that loved gymnastics as maybe as much as you, yeah. but were striving and uh, and practicing and and in class with you? I mean, what set? I'm trying to figure out what separated you. Was it your drive, your mindset? Was it genetics? Was it what? <laughs> I mean, what what uh, what's the separator? I mean, I. I've always been a, a fan of hard work. Okay. Um, and that's like every day I went into the gym, I would, you know, make myself just grind it out. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of days in the gym where it just sucks, but um, I always tried to make myself work hard and hold myself accountable so that I could get to the next level. Where did you get that from? Uh, I guess I just wanted to. <laughs> my dad, my dad is a pretty big motivator too. <laughs> Was he there with you a lot? Uh, hey, no, actually, no, he didn't like to watch okay. practice. Yeah. He would, uh, he would come in every now and then and kind of like hide in the corner so I wouldn't see him, mm -hmm. make sure I'm working hard, but yeah. And so who was, who was kind of, who took you to practice who at, at young ages? Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a, a mix. Uh, I'd say my grandparents probably took me the most, um, after my mom passed away mm -hmm. or during my mom or while she was sick, um, my, her parents, uh, lived with us and I mean, dad was teaching at the school. Mm -hmm. Um, so he had to stay till like five, six o'clock every day. Cause he had after school stuff for FFA. Um, so my, my Nana or Papa would, uh, pick me up and take me to gym. So yeah. what, what age is this now? What we're talking here. Um, uh, where this, you, this is probably like 10, nine, 10, 11. Okay. Like so that. still right, right around in that same age group. Yeah, so, sure. so you switch gyms, you're starting to figure out, okay, I really like this. Mm -hmm. It's challenging me in, in new ways. And I, I like the challenge of it. And I, and so I, I have to, I have to ask you and you, you, by no, I, I don't know where you are in in your own personal life with this question. So answer it however you will. But when your when your mother did get sick and you know, you guys eventually you lost your mom, mm -hmm. did that, was that a big setback for you? I mean, how, how did that affect you in yeah. terms of, you know, your, your life and your, the sport of gymnastics? And yeah, I mean, that was definitely hard losing your mom. I was 12 yeah. years old. Um, it was, it was really hard, but, uh, I mean, watching how my dad went through it, um, he was super strong, and it kind of – I had a great example to look up to. Um, and then, I mean, I'd say after she passed, I kind of used gymnastics to – like that was kind of my escape, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. that That's just what I enjoyed doing after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I totally get that, man. Mm -hmm. Um all right, so let's let's keep like. So, at what age did the the competition aspect really start to come into play? Yeah. Um. So, I 
think I was 15, so this was in 2015, was when I made my first uh, junior national team. Um, I had just come back from, I had an appendectomy in December of 2014. Oh, I had one of those when I was about 15. Yeah, they suck, don't yeah. they? <laughs> Dude, when, that, when, when your appendix went bad, what, ha- what did it feel like? Oh, Lord, I... Well, I thought I had a stomach ache at first. Same here. And but I wasn't throwing up. I didn't have any symptoms like that. So I was just pretty much stuck in the bed and I couldn't eat anything. I wasn't hungry. I ended up I mean, I was tiny. I was a hundred pounds. I ended up losing twenty seven pounds. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I looked sickly. <laughs> it was bad. Um, but yeah, so my appendix ruptured. I was in the hospital for a week. I had the surgery and then they released me, and I was still having issues. So a week later, I come back, and there was a, I don't know what the medical term is, but there was like, I guess there was an infection. Yeah. Um, so I had to go back in the hospital for a week. They had to put a catheter through my butt cheek into the spot and drain it. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, yeah, dude. It was, it was pretty rough, but uh, after that, kind of made a pretty quick recovery, I thought. Um and then made a junior national team that year for the first time. It was I was really happy about that. And then uh, let's say 2016, I did not make national team again. And I remember just being really, really mad. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah. For so when you made when you make the junior national team, that's mm-hmm. that's essentially. If I'm wrong, explain to me. But instead of just competing locally. Like now you're on a team where you're competing nationally? Um, well, at that age, not really. It's more just uh, there are some opportunities to do stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it's usually for the guys who are a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the difference or like the big like set apart was I got to go to national team camps at the Olympic Training Center. Mm-hmm. So however many times a year, it was like three or four times a year get to go uh, to the OTC and stay in the dorms there and do like a three or four day camp okay. with the other national team guys. And it was really cool because you get to see like all of the resident guys that are training there, all the Olympians and stuff, and you get to eat in the cafeteria with them. Um, mm-hmm. So for a 15 year old, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I bet it is, man. Mm-hmm. Now what happened in 2016 when you didn't make the, the national team again? Oh man, I was mad. <laughs> well, what? Why didn't uh, you make the team? What happened? I so I had a bad nationals. Um, I had, I think I had a couple falls. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I don't even remember. But uh, look like Chad's floor routine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. So uh, I can just remember at the end of the meet specifically. I think I got like twenty something place or something like that, and I was just I was mad. I was like, all right, I'm ready to get back in the gym and start working my butt off and try mm-hmm. to do it next year. Um, so then in 2017, um, went to nationals. Um, so there's like, there's kind of like two different nationals for junior kids. There's like a JO nationals. And then from there, uh, like the, you can qualify to like the next nationals, which is uh, the one where like all the bigger guys compete. It's kind of confusing, but. So the second nationals is the one that they pick the uh, national team from for okay. the little bit older guys. Um, so the first nationals, um, 
I lost. <laughs> I lost. Uh, I got second by a tenth and a half, which in gymnastics is not a lot. Um, it doesn't even a, sound like a, a lot. Step. It's like <laughs> yeah. one step <laughs> on a distance. dog, uh, man. Yeah, so I was pretty mad about that. Actually, a funny story I can remember. Uh, I forget where it was, but uh, while we were there, me and my dad, we were walking through the mall on one of my days off, and uh, I saw a, a Mustang, and it was like on display. And I was like, dang, I want one of those. And he goes, I'll tell you what, if you win nationals, I'll get you one of those for your car. And I was like, really? <laughs> so, and then I lost by a tenth and a half. Oh, <laughs> my gosh, dude. Yeah, yeah I was mad. Oh, Holy really smokes! Yeah, yeah, that's a bit. That's a lot riding on the on that one step, man. Yep. So I was I was real mad about that. So I started. I had to whip the Honda Civic, but you know, <laughs> I got the I got the gas mileage. <laughs> so, dude, you're now we're talking about 15, 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, at this point in your life, uh, is is gymnastics like is this at this point, you're, at that point, was it your whole life? Like, were there mm -hmm. other things you were doing, or was like this? Was it school, gymnastics, sleep, or like? Yeah, for the most part, it was. Uh, it was just pretty much school gymnastics. Come home and eat dinner, go to bed. Did uh, you Did you ever experience times where you felt like you were getting burned out, or? Um. Yeah, I mean, everyone goes through that stuff when you're an athlete. You just, it's it's hard. I mean, for me, it was like go to school and then i mean my drive to gym was an hour every day um so an hour there and then you work out for anywhere from three to five hours and then drive an hour home and you know i didn't get home to about 9 30 9 45 at night and you know i gotta eat dinner and then do homework if i had to and then yeah go to bed and get up 6 30 next morning and do it all over again yeah um it can get old at that at, at that young age dude <laughs> yeah. because like all your peers they're they're I mean, they're dating, they're going mm -hmm. chasing women and boyfriends oh, yeah. and, and drinking and partying and all this stuff. And like, if you're performing at this level, obviously that's not an option. Yeah, no. For you. <laughs> well, I didn't even have time to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, I mean, it was just, it was at that point, it was pretty normal. I didn't really think much about everything I was missing. It was just normal. It's like a routine almost. Yeah, I got into a routine of it and just, kind of put my head down and did it every day wow yeah when you did when you did ha i mean you said every athlete goes through the t times when they're at this level right mm -hmm. every athlete goes through a time when they feel like they're getting burnt out like so obviously you felt that at times mm -hmm. like how did you deal with that uh well i mean you got to have the end goal in mind at okay all, at all times i mean my goal is to make the olympics so when did that become your goal? Um, I would say from, I mean, I feel like most young gymnasts, when they're young, they watch the Olympics on TV. They're like, oh, I want to do that. Okay. Um, but I'd say probably the first time I made national team when I was 15 mm -hmm. was probably the time I was like, dang, I, this is, I really want to, you know, make a push for it and try to try to do it. Yeah. yeah. You kind of saw it was achievable at that point. Um, like you thought, well, well I, I might have a chance at doing this thing. Yeah, 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 I'd say so. I mean, still, there was a lot, a lot of work to do. I can show you all video from uh, when I was fifteen, 
they, they got a video on YouTube of all my routines yeah. in that competition. And then you compare that to, I mean, what I was doing last year at the Olympics, and there's there's a big gap. Oh, <laughs> I bet. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that was that was kind of when I was like, yeah, this is I want to make a push for it. Yeah, man. Now, do you have any idea of like at 15 years old, you set that? Okay, I want to make the Olympics. Like, did you have any idea at that time, like how few people actually make the Olympic team? Oh, like, yeah. did so you knew mm-hmm. how hard it was going to be and how. Yeah small of a chance that there was yeah definitely. and you still set that goal yes, in your sir. mind like yeah. i'm gonna go for this yes sir that's unbelievable dude. Yeah. man um all right i want to i want to continue i want to continue right. on this path man i'll wait i mean how does this progress uh yeah so i made uh when i made the junior national team again in 2017 um, I got to go to Japan for a international competition. Okay. Um, that was my first big international competition and it was, it was awesome. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't do super great, but, uh, I think I got like silver on high bar or something. That was like the highlight of the competition. But, um, I mean, I, I, I loved it. I liked to travel there and kind of experience a different culture. It was very different over there than how yeah. it is here, for sure. Was this your first experience traveling overseas? Yes, sir. Do you think that the the travel and the time change and the different food and all this stuff, did that affect your performance? Oh, yeah. I mean, at the time, I didn't really understand it. Now that I'm a little bit more of a seasoned traveler, it's definitely something I take into consideration every time I go somewhere. But, I mean, <laughs> I was 17, and I was like – I was over there. I got used to the time change fairly quickly, and then, but all the food over there was so good. Oh yeah, my gosh. <laughs> so I would just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now I kind of learned from that. You can't really can't do that. <laughs> yeah, and you never rest as well either. I mean, yeah. I I know for me for in in running ultra running. I've traveled to New Zealand to do a few races, so overseas travel. Not mm-hmm. so much in the United States doesn't affect me as much, but I know I go over there, and it's like I just can't perform as well. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's hard. It, it's tough because mm-hmm. everything's different. Yeah, you know, the food's different. You're you're not resting as well. You're not in your own bed. Yeah. The weather's different. I mean, so yeah, all those things you got to take into consideration. And I've actually. Um, feel like I've done a, a pretty good job of I, I like to take notes after like during and during my travel and after every competition to try to see uh, what worked and what didn't work and how I can change it mm-hmm. um, on the next trip to try to help me perform better so were you doing that that first trip to Japan nope, I did not <laughs> okay all right uh, yeah yeah all so right that was just young me being kind of young and dumb yeah but, uh now, so now I definitely do that. You get back from that trip, mm-hmm. and what do you what are you doing What are you doing when you get back from that trip? Uh, I mean, I was after that trip, I was super motivated. Uh, started working new skills and stuff, um, and then also at that time, I was starting to get recruited by colleges. So I mean, it was really cool to start seeing um, or like start talking to all these college coaches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. Um, I don't know. I was just 
having a good time, I guess. <laughs> so you start to see basically fruits of your labor at that point. Like when mm-hmm. colleges start looking at you, th- yeah. then you start to think, okay, well, I had this goal. I thought it might be achievable. And here's another kind of indicator that I must be getting somewhere, yeah, this right? Is, this is a, a stepping stone to get to that goal for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, did you, would you, do you have to go to college? No. To, so you, you didn't no. have to. So, no, um, I, I mean, I don't think my dad would have not let me go to college. Um, he was pretty big on me, me getting an education, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, so the NCAA program is just a great building block to elite level gymnastics. Um, and I mean, I think most of all, or, all the guys on the Olympic team last year went through an NCAA program okay. at some point. I think I was the only current one on the team. But, I mean, most all the guys on the national team have gone through college gymnastics or are going through it. Okay. So it's, it's pretty important, yeah. So, you gradu- what year did you graduate high school? 2018. I'm 2018. Okay. Did you have your – so did you have like your um, scholarship or your college locked in mm-hmm. at that yeah, point? So I'd already committed to Stanford at that point, yes, sir. Okay. Where, where'd you go to high school? I went to Tryon. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, that's a that's a big jump, ain't it? If yeah. you guys don't know where Tryon, Tryon, Georgia is, I know where it's at. There's a Walmart there. That's um, it. <laughs> it. Yeah, and that's it. And if you ever go to the Walmart in Tryon, Georgia, you'd better just be ready to see some <laughs> – interesting people oh yeah well you know i mean it's even interesting that like coming from a you know we talk about the kind of the drive you had and and the things you were doing at such a young age and that's extremely admirable and then you put that on top of going to try and i mean there's probably not another kid in that high school that even holds a candle to the efforts you were putting in and the, the drive and the things you were doing i mean it, like you might would be if you were down in Atlanta or some big city, like you know maybe there's other motivated kids doing similar things. Yeah. But I can't imagine. I'm not dogging on trying, but but that, the cream of the crop don't come from trying too much. <laughs> too much. <laughs> that, yeah, that would be yeah. Your peer your peer group was probably definitely in a different in a different mindset in a different yeah. mindset and different level of maturity and and all that. So. No, it's. Uh, I thought. I've thought about this that before we started this conversation. I thought, man, what a unbelievable journey to come from a place like this, um, and now be in the position that Brody's in. Like, but it's a huge inspiration. Yeah, yeah. For that, that's what's so cool about it is now, you know, there's been millions of people that have seen what Brody's done and the path he's taken and where he's at now and um that's that's tremendously valuable for yeah. y- the younger generation in these rural areas that we live in to see mm-hmm. that that's actually possible right mm-hmm. like you don't have to do what everybody in your little town is doing unless that's what makes you happy right yeah. but if you want to go do something you know different you, you have the capability of doing that um so why Stanford? Why Stanford? I mean, California, yeah. dude. What the crap, man? <laughs> oh, I know. That was more my dad's doings. He was kind of 
putting that in my head uh, the last couple of years of high school. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was looking at all the colleges I wanted, I thought I wanted to do engineering. Um, so I, I think uh, you get to take five official visits. So uh, my f- first trip was to Penn State, and then I went to Iowa, um, and then I went to Stanford. Um, and then after Stanford, once I figured out I had got in, I was like, well, it'd be kind of dumb if I didn't go here. Because, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I liked the team a lot, and the coach was great, uh, or the coaches. Um, and I, I just got along with everybody, so I was like, well, I mean – get into Stanford and turn that down, that, that'd be kind of dumb. So I went ahead and committed. But uh, I had also um, planned trips to Ohio State and Air Force Academy, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So you had your pick. You had, you had a pretty good lineup to pick from. Yes, sir. When you get to when you get to Stanford, what, what changes? Uh I tell you what, it was a daggum culture shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a different world over there for sure um, compared to here. Um, but yeah, uh, so I actually got to go up the summer before uh, the fall quarter starts. Um, they're on they do quarters, not uh, semesters. So it's kind of weird. Um, so I got to go up. I took two classes um, and just kind of. Got to start training in the gym, um, get used to the coach, and kind of learn my way around campus and kind of see what classes at Stanford are like. Um, and it was it was awesome. I I was really really homesick uh, for that first for that summer for sure. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I can remember counting down the days till I was getting to go home. I got to go home for a little break before actual classes started. Um, but I mean, looking back now, I'm, I'm really glad I went and, and got to do that because it kind of integrated me into the training plan uh, a lot better than if I had just jumped into it in the fall. Cause in the fall, it was a lot harder than it was during the summer, but I was still struggling during the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, uh, this, um, how, I mean the homesickness aspect, like mm-hmm. how did you, how did you work through that and like what what was what what was driving you to stick with it yeah um well i mean i always told myself i could do anything for 4 years just kind of like get it done but uh yeah that i mean the first summer i was really homesick and then once fall came around and the rest of the team uh came uh came out there uh, it got a lot easier as i the more i started getting to know them and mm-hmm. you know, becoming friends with them and I mean, now they're my brothers. They're my second family. Yep. Um, so that that helped in the homesickness a lot, for sure. And in terms of your mindset, uh, were you looking at, at this point, are you looking at this college, this you know, joining this team at Stanford and going to school there, were, did you see it as like a clear path to get onto the Olympic team? Like yes. is so yeah. instead of looking at it as, in terms of like academics, are you mm-hmm. are you like <laughs> this is actually the clear path to get onto the Olympic team? Yeah, definitely. Okay, um, I mean that my coach was uh, he had an alternate on the Olympic team in 2016, 
Um, and that guy was actually still training in the gym. So, I mean, I was getting to train with him every day um, as well as the other, all the other super high level Stanford guys. So yeah, it was definitely, definitely a great environment to be in given my goals. But now you're having to manage a, a high, high academic load, right? Because yes. I imagine <laughs> classes aren't easy. No. <laughs> and also, did the intensity of training also go up at the same time? Oh, yeah. So yeah. what was that like, man? Because this is now a brand new environment where you've got this oh, yeah. massive academic load at a very prestigious school. You have to make good grades, right? Mm. And plus, your training load all ramps up all at one time. Yes. I mean, what the crap? How'd you get through that, man? <laughs> it that sounds was, miserable. It was a struggle, let me tell you. Um, I thought I'd learned time management skills in high school, but boy, was I wrong. <laughs> uh, time management, going to a school like that and being an athlete is just, it took me It took me a couple weeks to get it down uh, for sure because, I mean, training was insanely hard compared to what I was used to. Uh, uh-huh in high school um and then you add on top of that i mean high school for me wasn't wasn't super tough but i mean you go into a school like stanford classes are really hard yeah i mean even though i was taking some of the more basic classes it was still just the amount of work you had to do was it was it was hard and it was hard for me to get used to what are some specific things that you were able to implement to to really you, you talked about time management. I mean, what does that look like for you? I yeah, mean, what I mean, are changes just, you made? You gotta just set a like set a time for everything. Um, I'm asking this question selfishly, by the way, because I'm a <laughs> poor, poor time manager. All right, <laughs> so I want some specifics. Yeah. So I mean, Lord, yeah. I mean, you just gotta you gotta set a time to do to get everything done. Um, I mean, you gotta prioritize. So for me, it was like. Um, you know, I wake up, eat breakfast, whatever, go to class and you got your time for class and then you got time for gym. So then I would go to gym and I like to really separate the two. So when I'm in class, I'm not thinking about gymnastics. When I'm in gym, I'm not thinking about school at all. Mm. Um, and then, you know, after gym, you got whatever kind of recovery stuff or treatment stuff you're doing with your, uh, PT or your AT and then you get homework done and then on top of that you got your social life which was it's it's all that together is kind of hard to balance but as long as you uh, set your priorities straight and what you want to get done you'll have time to do whatever you want so sounds like he's being pretty present yeah well yeah he's and, being, uh, he's being disciplined he's yeah. being he's also meticulous yep yeah he's staying present yeah, he's doing all the right things, um, which I, I, uh, there's no way that you can get to yeah. Brody's level without doing all the right things. It just, to me, it's just unbelievable that somebody at now, we're talking 18, 19 years old, has the ability to do that. I mean, it's just, I, I, there's, I did not have the ability to do that. <laughs> I didn't have to do that yeah. in the Navy. They, they made my timeline for me. Like, I had to show up. Or else I was dropped from training. Like it's still that way. I yeah. I, I didn't have the freedom of movement to like to just you know which what whatever. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have that type of discipline. It's just just 
That's what's I, mind boggling. It to was me. hard. Don't get me wrong. It so did you write? Did you write this out? Did you uh, did you keep it all in your head? Like how? Yeah, I just kind of kept it in my head. I mean, just kind of like based off of whatever homework I had to do that week, I knew kind of like how much time I needed to spend on it. Um, yeah, and then I mean, gymnastics and social life kind of fell around that. Okay. Yeah. Now, well, go ahead, Blake. What were you? What was your degree in? What'd you? Go to school uh, for? Yeah, so it's called management science and engineering. It's kind of a fancy way to say business. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so my, my focus was finance. Um, Are you looking for a job? Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Gymnastics is my job right now. <laughs> Call me in two years. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to know, once you get integrated with this new team at Stanford, where are you ranking in within the team like was it was it obvious that you were better than the people the, uh, the the other team um, and and i mean that in a humble way like I, i'm not like yeah. you know what i mean i'm not telling you to like toot your own horn but like when did it how um, were you ranking there i mean there was it was pretty obvious uh my freshman year that i had a lot of work to do to to get up to the level of some of the guys on the team, especially really? some of the older guys. Um, I mean, I could I could hang with them on some events, but there were some events I was kind of lacking. And I just needed, basically, I just needed maturity in my gymnastics. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, I just kind of needed to grow a little bit, get used to some of the new skills I was doing and kind of perfect them so they have that, I don't really know how to explain it, like the look, I guess, like the uh -huh. mastery. Yep. Um so that's what I was kind of lacking a little bit. And, I mean, throughout the training process in the fall and even going into competition season, it started – it slowly comes. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like the – I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just, I, just I just have to imagine because now we're about to get into – talking about you getting selected for the Olympic team and mm -hmm. this type. So there, there had to have been a, a moment or, or some time where it became obvious that you were, you were going to go to the, the top, yeah, the most elite I mean, level, where, whereas other people just can't get there. Yeah, I would say during my freshman year, like throughout that maturity process, I kind of realized it's, it's definitely an achievable goal. Um, with a lot more work to put in, obviously, but uh, it was it was definitely something that I could do. I'm going to ask this question, and I, I don't I, I I don't know if I know exactly how you're going to answer it, but um, once that became like a realization, like okay, I'm going to go to the next. I, I'm going to be able to go to the next level. I, I, obviously, if we don't get injured and mm -hmm. whatever, but if I keep working. I have the tools, I have the the talent, um, I have the skill to now take this to the next level, the highest possible level I can go. Was it ever hard for you as a young man or essentially to not become prideful in that? Was it difficult to stay humble in that? Or um, did you ever have a struggle there or kind of cross the line a little bit? Or uh, I don't know. I, I think if I ever kind of got cocky or anything like that, my dad would have beat me. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I've i always tried to 
stay super humble. I mean, my dad has told me, I mean, you, you don't have to tell people how good you're doing. If you're really doing good, they'll see it. Wow. That's good so, advice. Yeah. <laughs> great advice. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, that's a tough thing to do. I mean, you, when you get on that level, Best I got to imagine, yeah, like to for that not to become a hindrance, pride become mm-hmm. a hindrance. That's a that's a pretty big deal. Well, you see it in other Everybody. Olympians. I mean, other Olympic athletes. Like, yeah, you see their attitude. Like, well, you see it in anybody that wins at anything. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be an Olympic they, level. Like, but when you know you're competing, yeah representing your nation as the best in the world at something like that's gonna get to most people's yeah. freaking head man and yeah. it's gonna their attitude's gonna get crappy and they're gonna turn into prima donnas and you know i just that would be a struggle dude yeah so i mean you know even back going back to the beginning all the like you know as a kid you you lost your mom and then and then you guys you know, you're doing all this in high school, putting in, you know, whatever, 15-hour days, school, gymnastics, homework, and then you go to college, and then you've got the homesickness, the increased workload from school. And, like, what is the – do you even know what the driving force is through all of that? Like, are those are those things that are coming up, are you feeding off of that, or do you feel like, hey, I, I, this is kind of expected of me because of how much I've – put into it and I'm doing well I kind of have to do this and like pushing through the burnout like what what is the is it do you want to become be on the Olympic team that much or is there something that is just pushing you and the Olympic team was a result of your Um, well he said he set that goal at 15 yeah yeah um I would say like I don't know I I never really felt like it was an option to not you know, work like that. I mean, it yeah. was just so natural for me at that point. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it pretty much my whole life. It was just kind of something you do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That makes, I mean, taking quitting off the table is, is basically, it just wasn't an option to stop yeah, doing it, it never, you said. Never an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I want you to talk to me about getting selected for the Olympic team. What led up to that? What was that process like? Yeah. And and then ultimately, you've worked your whole freaking life yeah. to get it. So ultimately, what did it feel like? So talk yeah. me through that process, man. Uh, well, let's see. I guess we'll have to start in, uh, in 2020, um, in COVID year. Um, in 2019, I, had, I, I did really well. I struggled in a little bit in the beginning of the of my freshman season but throughout the season I was getting better and better um and then I ended up winning or we won the team at NCAAs and I ended up winning the all-around um and then let's see went through the rest of 2019 all right and then 2020 was like the Olympic year right like I need to start getting my stuff together start ironing out my routines, start solidifying some skills. Um, and I was really using the NCAA season to help do that because if you're not an NCAA athlete, you don't you don't compete a whole lot throughout the year. I mean, you'll get um, like three or four competitions before you go to Olympic trials. Um, so I was trying to use the NCAA season. We competed almost every weekend um, to start, you know, 
doing these big Olympic level routines. Um, and I was struggling hard. I was, I mean, there would always be something that I would mess up on, um, throughout the competition. If it wasn't this, this weekend, the next weekend, it was, it was something else. Um, and then COVID happened and that was kind of like a blessing in disguise for me. I feel like Mm. it kind of gave me the rest of that year to start solidifying some of these bigger skills that I was doing and, you know, get my routines going and start feeling a lot more comfortable with them. Um, and then 2021 comes around and we've got kind of like the whole Olympic, uh, like path to the Olympics. Um, but I was a lot more comfortable with my stuff. So, um, uh, it went really well. I, I was, I was doing good. I ended up winning. We won, uh, NCAAs as a team again. Um, I won the all around there and then go into USA championships. Um, I had probably the best two meets in my life. I did really well. Um, ended up winning that. And then Olympic trials came around and it was kind of, I was so comfortable with all my stuff. It was kind of the same situation as um, USA's where I was just super comfortable. And I mean, when I kind of, when I saluted for my routines, it was just autopilot. I just kind of did it. Wow, man. Yeah. That's the way it's got to be. Yep. At that sure. level that you got to be there, man. Yeah. I totally, sure. I can totally relate to that. Um, so trials, mm-hmm. how many athletes enter in oh, to the, the selection process? Um, Just roughly. That's a good question. It was probably like 25, between like 20 and 25, I think, um, that went to trials to compete. And are you, do you have to be selected to go to trials or is it schools? Yeah, so they, uh, they selected the people to go to trials from USA Championships, mm. however long before it was. So about twenty five, I, th- I believe so. Okay, I have to check that number. <laughs> and <laughs> how remember. how long is the trial process? Or um, I'm I'm assuming this yeah. is like a selection phase, right? Yeah. So okay. it's just like it was kind of modeled pretty much the same as USA Championships. So it's like you get there on like a Monday or Tuesday, and then you you train, and then you compete. Uh, on Thursday and then you compete on Saturday um, so there's two days of competition okay um, and then it's like the best what was it I think if you got if you won trials after both days of competitions you had an automatic spot on the Olympic team which was how I I made it and then I think if you got second place all around and you were top two or three on three events then you had an automatic spot um, so another guy got that and then they selected the last three from, uh, like the best scoring scenario. So they have like an algorithm that okay. put in all the scores and it spits out the best scoring scenarios. So um, five, five are, five are selected as to have a spot on the team. Uh, yeah. So there was four, it was a four man team and then there was one, uh, specialist. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right, I can't breeze over that because after those two days of competition, mm-hmm. your feet hit the ground, the score comes down, you know the what's the moment that you know you got that best all around and you got a spot on the team? Um, there's a, there's a one picture that kind of shows that. Um, so I 
<laughs> after my rings dismount day two at trials. Um, and I don't normally, I don't know if you guys have ever watched any of my competitions or anything. Blake I, showed me some. Yeah. He's yeah. watching them. Blake's watching them all the time. He yeah. follows you like a, yeah, like a hawk. <laughs> um, I don't really like to celebrate. I don't like to show a lot of emotion after routines or anything like that. But, um, I was going into my last two events and it was rings and vault, which are pretty easy events as far as like, you don't really have to worry too much if you're going to fall or anything like that. They're kind of low, low stress events. Um, so I, I go do my rings routine and I stick the dismount and I salute to the judge and I just cannot help myself. I start smiling <laughs> and there's a, there's a really cool picture of it. I'll have to show you guys. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of the moment where I was like, Dang, I'm I'm really gonna be on the Olympic team. This wow, is, this dude. is it. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I mean, how was it processing that? Was there a big celebration? Was it like what 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 happened after that? It took your me whole a while, life changes yeah. at this point. Yeah, it took me a while to like for it actually to sink in and realize that holy crap, I'm I'm gonna go to the Olympics and I'm gonna represent the u.s at the highest stage that you can um, yeah i would say it was probably like a week or two before i started realizing that fully um but yeah it was it's it's incredible and it's a it's like an awesome feeling but it's a scary feeling at the same time i don't really know how to explain it because I, I don't know you're just representing so many people and it's it is the highest you know stage for any kind of athletic competition so yeah yeah. Did you go, did you have, like, after that, Did was JD there? Yes, sir. So he was there to kind of, mm -hmm. I, I have to imagine he was <laughs> he freaking was losing it, man. He like, was happy, yeah. Holy smokes, yeah. man. Just about all my family was there. That yeah, was awesome. <laughs> so how did this change things for you, making the making the team? Like, where, where does life go after that? Uh didn't really change much. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, it's the Olympic Games, but it's just another competition. And that's that's kind of my, uh, my approach for any competition. It's just, it's just another competition. You don't, the yeah. more, like, pressure you put on yourself, the, the worse you're probably going to do. So that's how you got to think about it. Now, how about your day-to-day? -day? Was, uh, mm -hmm. did you, I mean... Did you stay? Did you stay in school? Did did this become yeah. full time or? <laughs> no, so I actually uh, was taking a class uh, over the summer while I was in the Olympics. <laughs> it was, okay, it was online still at that point. Um, yeah, I was taking a stats class. Uh, one of my teammates was taking it with me. He's the one that really got me through that class because um, I was pretty busy over in Japan. But I mean. Life didn't really change that much. It was still pretty much the same day-to-day -day things, just going to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, when you guys, when you went out to Japan, how long were you there before the actual game started? Uh, I think we were there for about three weeks total. Okay. Because um, it... It takes, I don't know if you've ever been to Japan, but it takes, well, I mean, you've been to New Zealand, so you understand, like, the, the time change and how hard it is to adjust. Yeah, you got to acclimate. Yeah. Um, so getting acclimated was, it was pretty rough. 
Um, I think it took me like four or five days to really get where I was like sleeping good at night. I wasn't waking up at three thirty in the morning. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, throughout that whole time we were training and trying to get our bodies to feel normal again. Um, so after about five days started feeling pretty good. Um, and then basically just training, trying to keep your body in shape and doing what you need to do to be ready to compete. Cause it's competitions like that. It's a lot of competing. You've got qualifications day, which is like where your team qualifies into team finals and you qualify to your event finals. And then you have team finals then you have all around finals. Then you have event finals. So, I mean, if you make everything, it's like five days of competing back to back to back. It's not back to, there's a day in between everything. Okay. So it's like compete, rest, compete, rest, compete, rest. Wow, but dude. It's, it's really hard, uh, Physically, for sure, and then I mean, mentally, definitely very hard. I, and I, I, I definitely want to break that down, man. Mm-hmm. I, I want to break that down and and talk about, you know, dealing with that level of pressure. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you said you treat every competition like it's just another competition, but man, I mean, this is a big deal. And like you said, the load in the 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 we called it op tempo mm-hmm. in the SEAL team. So you're just, you know. You're having to go do do your absolute best, perform your absolute best over and over and over again. Um, what are some tangible things like? How did you stay with it mentally during in in that pressure cooker, man? Yeah, um, I mean all that stuff I was talking about. Where I mean, like you're representing your country at the highest level. Like this is the Olympic Games. You got to put all that stuff in the back of your mind. You just okay. can't think about it. Um, I really, for me at least, I really think like the it's just another competition approach is how I got through that whole process. Um, just not overthinking stuff and like psyching yourself out. Yep, that's that's how you got to do it, and that's how I got through it. Hmm. Yeah, that's some pretty. That's a pretty disciplined mind right there, man, to be able to block <laughs> it, that out. It can be hard at times, but, I mean, you, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. You want to be successful. Well, talk to us about the actual competition, how how it went. Um, walk, walk yeah. me through that. Yeah. Um, so, first day was qualifications. There was absolutely no one in the stands. It was dead silent in the arena. Um, so that it, it was like it was weird. It was almost like a practice competition. There was there wasn't a whole lot of pressure. Um, it just it just seemed like practice. Yeah. Um, but uh, I qualified for all around finals um, and high bar finals, um, and our team qualified to team finals. Um, and then the next day was I can't can't remember if it was all around finals or team finals one of those um, but I'll just talk about team finals team finals was a pretty awesome experience we qualified in to the finals in fourth place um, ended up taking fifth place which kind of sucks but it is what it is at this point um, but just going through that. Finals. It was an insane team finals. And, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you watch on TV and you're like, oh, wow, that's like a crazy moment. 
and this is like history being made and i i got to witness it in person and you got to keep in mind this was a this is also this competition was the first time that i had ever seen a lot of these guys that i've been watching since i was like 12 years old you know yeah um so seeing them compete by its like by itself was insane and then it being an olympic team final and seeing how they're handling the pressure and how they're performing and just they're just killing their sets it it was a really really special special thing to watch it was awesome um and then moving on to all-around finals is kind of the same thing i mean you got these these top all-around guys that i mean you've got two world champions from the russian team um competing and you got all these insane chinese guys and you got the japanese guy that's favored to win and just I, <laughs> I can remember I started on where did I start I think I started on pommel horse um so I ended on floor and um so the the top group of guys ended on high bar and I can remember I, I was like one of the I was probably like third to go on floor so after I went I got to watch the high bar rotation unfold and just watching is same thing, just watching those guys and how they're handling the pressure and they've got Olympic medals on the line. It was it was crazy to watch. It was a really, really cool experience. Did that help you grow? Do you think just being yeah. able to, to watch to help yeah. you grow as an athlete? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Um and then let's see what's next. The next one I competed in. I actually had a while uh, before I competed. It was a couple days. Um, cause high bar is the last event. Um, so it was the last event finals to go. Um, so yeah, I had a couple days to kind of rest and then, uh, just kind of work on some just perfect and like little tweaks and stuff yeah. to, to get ready to go. Um, and then going into the high bar final, I was, I mean, I, again, I had that approach of like, it's just another routine, you know, you can't, when you're in the moment, you can't think holy crap, I'm competing for an Olympic yeah. medal right now on high bar. This is like the highest stage I'll ever be on. You, you just get that stuff out of your head. So um, the first part of my routine uh, went really well. I think I was I was third up. Um, and there, if you go back and watch that high bar final, I would encourage it because was, it was kind of a, a mess. Everyone was falling all over the place. Um but I didn't know that because I was like one of the first guys to go. <laughs> so uh, the first part of the routine went really well. I hit all my releases great. Um, and then I'm doing a skill. If I explain it to you, you probably won't know what it is. I can show you a video of it. But I go up, and I'm supposed to hit a handstand and keep going in my giant. So, I, But I go up, and then I fall the other way because I was trying to be too perfect, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deduction. So I got, it was like a five-tenth deduction for that. And I finished the rest of the routine fine, but I ended up getting fourth because of that little mistake. And I'll tell you what, it does keep me up at night. <laughs> what about it? What about in the moment when you, because you, you knew you made that mistake instantly, right? Yeah. But you just, you, you just, does that take kind of the wind out of your sails through the rest of the routine? Or do you just acknowledge it and just, 
boom, lock back on, doing the best you can. I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's how you gotta do. Because I mean, in gymnastics, you never know what's gonna happen. Okay, I mean, even though I had that little mess up, everyone else after me could completely mess up and fall, and I could still potentially get a medal. So, I mean, yeah, I was, I mean, I was kind of mad in the moment, but you gotta turn that switch back on and finish the routine strong. Yeah, never know what'll happen. Yeah, and that, I mean, everyone else pretty much did have major mistakes. That's why I ended up being fourth because everyone was kind of going balls to the wall, throwing their big stuff, and they had mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, so the top three guys were the only guys that didn't mess up. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so how does – now? so how does the, the, the Olympic team work in terms of turnover? So, like – how long do you have this spot on the Olympic team? Uh, well, it it just depends for every Olympics. So, are you asking like if I am guaranteed a spot on the next? <laughs> yeah. One? Do you have no. to requalify? Yeah. So the, there's okay. a whole qualification process for every Olympics. Okay. Yeah. So what are you doing? What are you doing now? What's what's Brody's day to day now? Uh, yeah. So, I mean. Let's see. I've been, I didn't take any classes this summer. Um, and I'm actually, I have one class left to finish my degree and I'm going to take it starting in January. So this fall, um, um, where you been living all summer? I've been in at Stanford. Okay. Yeah. We just got a house. I'm not allowed to live on campus anymore since I'm technically not a student. Um, so we got a house about 15 minutes away from campus um so yeah that's what i'm doing i'm just living there and training and you still train with the stanford team yes sir okay yeah now you said we got a house who's we oh so me and a couple of my teammates okay um, that also just graduated we all got a house in east palo alto okay yeah throughout i mean that's maybe backing up a little bit but throughout the whole your gymnastics career like gymnastics is hard on your body right i mean oh yeah it beats you up pretty bad did you have any big injuries or um uh, let's see knock on wood i've never had any huge injuries dang um i mean the let's see i've I've, only surgeries i've ever had were the having my appendix out yeah it was like the biggest setback for me but that was a long time ago yeah um and then actually in december um after worlds um i was having a couple issues my back had been flaring up a little bit i think i had like a small it's like a stress reaction i think is what it's called so nothing major just kind of needed a little bit of rest Mm -hmm. um and my ankle was giving me a lot of trouble so um i got my ankle scoped in december and it kind of gave me a little bit of rest and recovery time. I mean, I was having some wrist issues. Shoulder needed a little bit of a break, and my back needed a break. So the the surgery on my ankle kind of gave me a break for everything. Yeah. Um, and then it was – at first it was kind of a slow comeback for the ankle, but um, I'm pretty much 100% now. That's pretty rare. I mean, right? I mean, most – Yeah, most- a lot of guys really struggle with injuries. I know uh, – one of my teammates who is actually an alternate on the Olympic team. Um, he is 
insanely talented, but he has just struggled with injuries his whole life. He's had, I can't tell you how many knee surgeries. He just had um, wrist surgery and knee surgery. So he's kind of like recovering from both of them. And then they didn't do something right in his wrist. So he's already got a stress fracture again in his wrist. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I feel so bad for him because he could be one of the best in the world if mm-hmm. he just never dealt with injuries. He's yeah. that, that talented. Look, dude, I had the same type of, I had the same type of teammates in the SEAL teams. Mm-hmm. We had these race horses, man. Yeah. Race cars, right? Yeah. It's like a, you know, a drag car. You know, you get one pass with the drag car and uh-huh. something tears up. Yeah. You know, we ha- I had guys like that in the teams where, like, this dude could lay down. He was they, the, either the fast, the fastest at everything, the best yeah. at everything, right? But they just struggled with injury because they were so high performance. Yeah. And uh, us country boys, man, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have that problem, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I've been really blessed to not deal with any, like, really big injuries. I mean, I've, you're always going to have little aches and pains, but yeah, I mean, nothing major has been a real blessing for sure. Brody, I want to talk to you about uh, your, as far as your training routine, like, when you're not working skills, how are you training physically? Um, So... Like when I'm not doing gymnastics, you mean? Yeah. I'm there's never a time when I'm not doing gymnastics. So so you're you're not like ever doing like CrossFit workouts. Like Oh gosh, no, I hate CrossFit. Okay. <laughs> I hate any kind of endurance sport. It's well, it's not for me. Well I, I don't tried know how y'all do it. So there's no weight weightlifting or I mean Uh no, not usually. I mean during preseason, like in the fall, we'll do uh weights twice a week, but most most gymnastics stuff, I mean, you get in shape by doing gymnastics um, and working with your own body weight. That's how you get strong. Yeah, That's wild. Man. I would have yeah, figured, a lot I figured you've been doing a lot of gym work the way you look. But no. Yeah. No. That's, so you just get all that just from body weight. Yes, sir. Man. Yeah, just doing gymnastics. I want to talk to you, or I want you to talk to us about your diet. Oh, my diet. It's probably not as good as it should be. <laughs> um, I actually just recently uh, met with a nutritionist from, she works at the Olympic Training Center and kind of set a meal plan because I was, I'm getting, I'm a pretty big guy. I mean, I'm, for a gymnast, I mean, a lot of gymnasts that you'll see are like skinny and small, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm pretty wide. Yeah. You're pretty full size human. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a struggle. Um, so, I mean. I expected you to be like four feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that short. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I pretty much in gymnastics, like the lighter you can be, the better, and the less wear and tear on your body. So um, I met with the nutritionist. I'm trying to – I was like 162-ish. I'm trying to get down to about 157, mm-hmm. which isn't isn't – that much in the grand scheme of things but trying to do that while you're preparing for competitions i mean i got i'm going to paris next month and i'm going to liverpool for worlds in october um so trying to drop weight while you're still trying to train at a high level is is kind of hard um but that's 
that's kind of like the plan that we've come up with so far. Um, but as far as other than the past couple of weeks, like my diet is pretty much just eat healthy stuff. I mean, just try to choose the best options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too crazy. So you're not as meticulous not with your diet as you are with other components of your life. Yeah. I, I should be that meticulous, but I just love food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you doing anything specifically in terms of uh mindset training? Is there any specific coaching, mindset any training. any any anything that any breathing techniques that you work, any anything like that? Nothing nothing really. I mean, as far as like mindset stuff goes i mean i pray a lot when i'm like during competitions i always pray before competitions and Mm -hmm. i pray before my routine it kind of just calms me down and Mm -hmm. gets me ready to go well that was my next question i was because 37 project is all about your body right Mm -hmm. your mind which is your 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 soul Mm -hmm. and then your spirit so i i wanted to hear about your relationship with christ your faith and um kind of where that started and how that's played into, you know, yeah. your journey. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, as far as where it started, I mean, I grew up with it. Um, and I would say, like, recently, in the past couple of years, I've started uh, coming closer and closer with, with Christ. Um, but it's – I'm still – I feel like I'm still really early in my, my stages. I need to be a lot more diligent with – you know, like reading my Bible and trying to really understand it and uh, my prayer life and stuff like that. Um, so it's, I mean, it's just like anything else. It's a, it's a process. You learn how to do it and yeah. you got to stick with it. Yeah. Is, um, is the faith component of, uh, kind of a unique thing for you individually in the, in the environment you're in? Do you yeah. see, um, you see a lot of other Christians competing uh, on the team and and the uh, people that you're that you're with. I mean, is that yeah? A- yeah um, a lot of my teammates are Christians. Um, we we try to go to church most Sundays. Uh, we found a couple churches out there close to campus that we'll go to. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of my best friends, one of the guys that I'm living with now, is a is a really good guy. He's a Christian guy, and, and he's just great to be around so you have that fellowship yeah. within the team yes sir that's good yes, man sir. that's good yeah now you said your um your gymnastics is how you make your living now so are you getting paid <laughs> i mean are you getting paid now i mean who's paying the uh, bills man who's paying the bills that's a good question um yeah so because i'm on a national team right now we get a monthly stipend um, okay which kind of varies dependent on there's like a tiered system. So like um, if you're on, if you were on the past Olympic team, you get this amount of money. If you're a Olympic medalist or a world medalist, you get like this amount of money and it kind of will go down. Um, So like the most basic national team member, I think gets like a thousand bucks a month or something like that. So it's not real easy to live off of that in California. (laughs) Let me tell you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a a crazy amount of money, um, but you yeah. you don't really have time to. You need money for what food and a roof food over your head, and a right? Roof, yep. I just uh, <laughs> I got to pay rent now. I've, it's the first time I've 
I've been paying rent because I mean I was on scholarship and yeah I was on the team so it's kind of a rude awakening when you gotta wake up and I've got like it's like fourteen fifteen hundred dollars a month for rent yeah yeah and then I got a truck payment now because I live off campus I gotta have a vehicle to get back and forth to the gym um, and then groceries on top of that so most of the money that I'm getting from uh, being on national team is going towards living, uh, living, yeah. living and getting back and forth to the gym. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's a pretty simple life though. Yeah, it is. You got to I'll tell you what, man, I, I just, I can't imagine the passion you have to have for, yeah. for this sport, dude. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. You definitely don't do it if you want to be a millionaire. <laughs> um, okay. How do you beat the women off of you, man? <laughs> how do you keep the women off of you oh lord i believe it or not <laughs> or do you have a girlfriend i do have a girlfriend dang yeah. man where do you fit that in oh yeah so uh we met when i was 17 um she used to be a gymnast back in the day um we met through a friend that went to my gym hold on you've had this girlfriend since you were 17 and you have you haven't even mentioned it up to this point <laughs> Well, we've been talking about How gymnastics. How have you been fitting this in, man? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've been dating since we were 17. We're coming up on our five years and like a week or two, something like that. I don't know. I don't keep up with it. She does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so so she was a, she, she was a gymnast, mm -hmm. or maybe she's still involved. But So does that help? Because she's able to understand more about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, because she was a gymnast, she understands like, the, how much work goes into yeah. it um and it's it's also pretty easy to talk to her about gymnastics specific stuff like if i'm talking to her much and, easier than talking to me about yeah gymnastics. exactly like i don't have yeah. to explain skills to her because she knows what they are yeah 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 and so, where is she where is she at uh so she's from uh canton okay um she lives in Kennesaw right now. She went to Kennesaw State and just graduated. And uh, Georgia girl, smart Georgia man. Georgia girl, oh yeah. I mean, I don't mess with them California girls. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia's got some of the best women on earth, man. That's right. Um, so yeah, she just uh, she did a summer internship at Yamaha, and she just got offered a full time position there. That's so awesome, dude. She's she's a working woman. Thank goodness. I'm on. I told her she's gonna have to start sending me a check every month because <laughs> I'm broke. Sugar mama. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um. So right now, like, what's on your what's on your radar right now in terms of goals, Brody? Like, yeah. So uh, I know you said you got some big competitions coming up. Are yeah. those just stepping stones or to get back? to trials or are you really honed in on these or like how, um, where's your where are you at right now? Well, so. Right now we've got world championships coming up and at the end of October. Um, and this is a, a pretty big opportunity for us because Russia is actually not going to be competing because of all the stuff that's going on over there. They're banned from competing. Um, so that really leaves the door open for um, us or other couple. There's a couple other really good teams. Great Britain is really good. Um, U.S. and Great Britain have kind of been going back to back last couple of years um we've been at it with them since 1776 <laughs> yeah we have i'm gonna have to remind them of that when i get there <laughs> um but 
but yeah, so that's a, that's a really big opportunity for us to get on the podium there. So that's, that's kind of the main focus right now. What's up with these dang Russians, dude? I mean, are Man, they usually I just, do they know. usually dominate? They are good. They, in the past uh, two quads, they've been just insanely good. Um, Is but, it like in Rocky? You know in Rocky when he fights the Russian guy and yeah. they're like <laughs> shooting him up with all these steroids and like... <laughs> Is that what's going on, or like I, um, a lot of people think so? But uh, I mean, they every time they drug test, they're clean. At least the gymnasts. I know that Russian girl from uh, what was it, ice skater or something. She tested positive. I don't know what they're doing over there, man. But they're they're doing something. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. So the world's that's really what you're what you're tr- really getting honed in for. Yes, sir. Right now. Yeah. And then do you, this might be a dumb question, do you aspire to go back to the trials and get on the next Olympic team? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, for right now, the goal is to win a team medal at Worlds. But, I mean, the end goal is obviously to win a medal at the Olympics. So this is, I mean, every meet before the Olympics is just like a stepping stone trying to build up everything we need to to get on the podium in in Paris. Man. Well, Blake, what else you got? I mean, I think that... I that, picked uh, his brain yeah, pretty that, well here. I know you probably wore out, bro. Oh, I've asked I'm you about 10,000 questions, man. I just... Uh, I was so excited about getting to sit down and understand more about... And I know we've just barely scratched the surface of of um, the, the, the intricate details of what you've done and what you've been through and what you've... The, the amount of commitment and work that you've had to put in just to get to this point. And it's also odd to me because I I just always assumed that if you're the best in the world at what you do, that like everything's taken care of. That like, of course, somebody's paying you lots of money. Like <laughs> you're taking sponsorships. You're, you, you know, you, you're just, you don't have to worry about the just, you know, all you have to worry about is training and and everything else, but that's not the case, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, that was an eye opener for me. You talking to me about, hey, man, I'm I'm just making enough money to, yep. right now to be able to live and train. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, it's it's not like I'm set for life. Yeah, yeah, you know, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, I've got like a few little sponsorships, but I mean, for the most part. Most of my money comes from that national team stipend, so it's it's rough. But I mean, hey, what am I gonna do? <laughs> I got to keep training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll come. Yeah, it'll come for sure. Um, do you ever plan? Do you ever plan to move back to Georgia or to the southeast? Or yes, as soon as I'm done with gymnastics, my butt is coming right back here. What's what's the what is the I guess projected length of of, of a career yeah. at, at your level. Um, so a lot of guys will go into their late twenties, um, depending okay. on how their body holds up. Um, for me, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I, all I know right now, I'm just focused on going through 2024. I'll be 24 then. Um, so after the that whole Olympic process. I'll probably like take a step back, take some time off, and then go back and reevaluate 
where I'm like where my body's at, where my head's at, and if mm-hmm. I want to keep going or not. See, I'm 34 and I'm in my prime. Oh, so yeah. I you don't see many 34 year old gymnasts. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm in my prime right now. Uh, um, you've actually kind of peaked. No, yeah. oh no, yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet, you're son. On the downhill. No, I, I, this this past year has been kind of my off year. Yeah. Uh, but he ain't seen nothing yet, son. <laughs> you got to take those now, Brody. You got to take some time, like you said. That's a good. You're you're in the right mindset. Mm-hmm. Get to the all right. Take a little time, reassess, let everything heal up, let your mind regenerate, and then and then you can decide whether or not to jump back into it. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Bubba. You, you're still doing a lot of good things, peaked, man. He's, he's peaked, though, you're bro. So it's full of crap, dude. You know, he's still he's still doing good, but he, he's not going to get any better. It's just going to oh, get worse. We'll see right. about that, see. son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Well, uh, in terms of, like, career options and stuff. Oh, no, I wanted to ask you. If you win a gold medal, is it actually gold? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think it's like solid gold. It I should be solid gold. Yeah, that would be cool, wouldn't it? But yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's just like gold plated or something. What the crap, man? Yeah, yeah I know. America, come on. <laughs> no, they need. Yeah, they need to make that thing solid gold, son. That way, you could once you won it, you could just kind of melt it down and then sell the gold and then have <laughs> a retirement hey, plan there you go it's probably worth a little bit just being the olympic gold medal huh oh i'm sure yeah well i'm sure and then i mean i i can only imagine you're going to be connected to this sport in some way shape or form oh, throughout yeah. the rest I of your life so that, yeah. there's tons of opportunities for coaching and mm-hmm. stuff like that yeah that's um try not to think about that right now Trying yeah. to stay really focused on just my my athletic career right oh, now. Oh yeah, I'm uh, yeah, and I'm not trying to distract you. I'm just I'm no, just trying no, to understand good. the lifestyle. Yeah, the um, lifestyle. I mean, I'll definitely want to stay involved some way, shape, or form, whether it be coaching or you know owning a gym one day maybe, or just uh, staying involved with like national team. There's a couple like athlete representative spots. Um, yeah, stuff like that, just to stay involved and stay in the sport. Who have been yeah. some of your biggest mentors? Biggest mentors, yeah. Um, I'd have to say my coach has been a really great mentor for me. Um, but on the athlete side, um, I got to train with a guy who was an alternate in uh, 2016. His name's Akash Modi. Um, great guy, Uh I mean, just getting to train with him and kind of learn how he approaches the sport and his mindset every day in the gym, um, it's it's awesome. Um, and then also, um, I'd have to say probably Sam McCulloch, who was on the Olympic team. I was on the team with him last year. Um, he was kind of like the old grandpa of the group. He was 28, I think, something like that. Um, he's, re- he just retired okay. after the Olympics, um, but that was his third Olympics. So it was really cool to kind of just watch him and learn from him, like how he approaches stuff, how he approaches competition, um, you know, with it being his third Olympics. And it was, it was my first, just kind of like learn the ropes, you know? Yeah. 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 Totally, man. Yeah. 
Well, Brody, I really appreciate you making time to do this, man. Yes, it's so so cool to get to know more about you and your story and and kind of the it when I watch the Olympics next time, uh, and I I always watch the gymnastics because it's my favorite thing. Aside in the, from curdling, no curdling is Winter Olympics. Oh, okay. curling. Curling. That yeah. stuff's fun. Maybe I'll do that when I retire. There you go. <laughs> now you're talking, son. So Winter Olympics, that's what I make sure okay. I watch. I, and I call it curdling. Curdling? Yeah, so y'all get over it. Um, and then the, the 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 normal Olympics, I always watch the gymnastics. So, you know, being able to hear the dedication uh, and the process that you guys have to endure in, uh, it will make me, it will give me a whole new perspective on yeah. seeing them out there competing. And um, I appreciate you being the person who you are, man. I appreciate you being a representative of Christ. Um, I appreciate you uh, loaning your dad out to us and having <laughs> yeah. him share his testimony here. Yeah. And you guys are just an amazing family, Thank amazing you. group of humans. And it's not every day that we get to sit down with one of the most elite people in the world. Mm -hmm. Um and just know I don't take it lightly, man. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me. I can't thank y'all enough. This was this was a fun time. A yeah, in a few years we'll uh we'll get you back on. Yeah. Yeah. Heck when you yeah. get back in town. So yes, sir. We'll talk about where you're at then. So the journey is sounds like is uh it's not just beginning, but you still got a a long ways yes, left and a lot that you want yep. to achieve. Yep. So Yes, sir. It's awesome, man. It's an honor to know you. Uh, where can people find you and follow you, brother? Uh, I'm on Instagram mostly, um, but my Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter are all the same. It's uh, at Brody1700. Brody1700? Yeah. Yes, sir. And um, if they want to check out some of your stuff on YouTube, do you have a channel or is it? Uh, I don't have a channel. You can just Google my name or YouTube my name, I guess. There, okay. There'll be plenty of videos pop up. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you guys go find Brody, follow him, and uh, and um, keep posting. Give us some insight into your journey. We'll be following you along the way, brother. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right, guys. This is the 3 of 7 podcast. Enough said. <laughs>